Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. Before we get to volleyball, some highlights from Friday night, actually Friday late afternoon, from women's basketball. And it was a quick start, a 23-9 first quarter actually kind of mirrored the football game. The Bulls held the lead throughout, but it wasn't very appealing. And then they got a big performance at the end, not so much with a late hit out of bounds or anything like that, but with the help of a player who has not been getting the start for the Bulls, Carla Brito. First, the start. Maria Alvarez, the three-point game was working. In the first half, the Bulls only had one two-point make. A lot of free throws, seven threes. Then in the end, well, they didn't have any three-point makes in the second half, but they had a lot of points in the fourth quarter after Stetson had cut what had been that 14-point deficit down to five. It was Maria at the start and Carla at the finish. Here's how that sounded. Flashed around to the right side is Maria Alvarez, and that's great to see. Maria Alvarez knocks down a three, flashes it up to Emma Tough catch, double team over to Maria, wide open, boom. Maria Alvarez says, I got this right here, and it is 13 to three. Standing right next to Jose Fernandez, who actually said, get Maria, and Emma got Maria. 5.22 to go here in the first quarter. Bulls have it in a 13-3 lead. No substitutions for the Bulls. Oh, Maria pops up, and she's in a rhythm, folks. Do I even need to tell you? Jose Fernandez just gave it the, okay, keep doing that. Look on his face, which is always a cud. Look, Maria with three threes, and it's 16-3. That's why she's in the starting lineup, folks. Rito off the break. Boy, has she been big. Second time she gets the ball before the half-court line, dribbles it right to the free-throw line, pulls up, and drains a dandy. Keshi and just rims out. Brito looks to run, fakes the pass, and drops it in. Carla Brito coming to play. Three buckets in quick succession, and the Bulls lead it 49-40. With 7.50 to go, Brito now has eight. Out to Brito. Oh, man, she has got that stroke. Tough shot, now Brito wants to run, three on two. Hands it off to Mputu and misses, but Brito puts it up and in. Carla Brito, 10 quick ones, and the Bulls are up by a dozen. They break the press, Gonzalez across, almost travel, takes a free throw line jumper, no good. Brito, guess who? And you know what just happened. Put back by Carla Brito, she's gonna have a double-double with one more rebound. Out to Brito, thinks about a three, why not? Boom, Carla Brito is now tied with Maria Alvarez for the team lead in scoring 18 points. She's got a double-double. And Lucha Schiphol gets the ball, and Mariel, Maria Alvarez has Carla Brito wide open in front of her, runs the lane and drops it in. Carla Brito have a fourth quarter. 20 points for the game, 16 points in the fourth quarter for Carla Brito. Not bad. Those first few shots were very important and were part of a stretch where the Bulls hit five out of six after hitting five of their previous 30. Someone was going to have to come through, and it was her. But the Bulls are going to have to get more consistent play offensively. And in our postgame interview, Jose Fernandez told me, you know, with so many new players and Sammy Puis is injured, he is trying to work with different combinations. It's almost like continuing the parallel from the football game. You know, you get that early lead and you think, okay, let's tinker with some stuff. And he said that was his mistake. They had some combinations that did not work well together and maybe hinting that the rotation could go from being you know, playing 11, 12 players to tightening that up really quickly, especially with Alabama on the horizon. The Bulls go to Tuscaloosa on Thursday. 
I'll be going with the team, but until then, they play Grambling tonight. Grambling is 1-1. One one. They started off their season against the defending national champion of the National Christian Association Division II, and they actually call themselves Champion Christian, but I guess D1 is a little bit of a step above NCCAA D2 because Grambling was able to win that game 93-48. to Tigers able to empty their bench early. They had four players off the bench score in double figures, but then... They went to Denton and played against a new conference opponent for the Bulls, North Texas. Competitive in the first half, but North Texas gradually built the lead and won it 83-60. to The number that jumped out in that game was Grambling's turnovers. They committed 29 in the game and just 3 for 25 on three-point shots. So the Bulls, you think, stand a pretty good chance in this one, but they'll be keen to get more consistent offensive performances. Game one, it was... Danny Gonzalez, 16 points. Victoria Blasic with 15. But on Friday night, Gonzalez, who was perfect from the floor in the opener, didn't score from the floor, and Blasic did not hit a three. We will be on the air at 6.45. Just a note, and we love having Bridget Miranda, obviously, on the broadcast. She has a family obligation, so it'll just be yours truly flying solo. I kind of feel bad, you know. I've got three chairs, and it's just me, but we make it work and hopefully you saw some of the highlight packages that both the men's and the women's teams put out over the weekend with the radio calls especially on the men's side with Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston from that highlight fest a lot of people are psyched about the men's team and they are back at home on Wednesday night make your plans hopefully for that one we'll preview it on Wednesday's show as far as the women's matchup with Grambling they played just twice 2008 2018 2008 was 126 to 62 Bulls it was more competitive five years ago 67 to 50 and oh by the way that Tigers team went on to make the NCAA tournament that was their last trip they've been five times last year they went nine and nine in the SWAC only one win out of conference so they were 10 and 20 but they scheduled extremely strong and they've done the same thing this year they're still to play actually a common opponent of the Bulls they'll be hosting Arizona State this Thursday they also go to Houston and Oklahoma and Minnesota while sprinkling in more winnable games against Wiley College and the College of Biblical Studies CBS so far they have four players averaging between nine and 11 points led by someone who's from Orlando and former Tulane Green Wave, and Aisha Grant, a player the Bulls became familiar with in the paint. Again, we'll have the call for you live tonight on Bulls Unlimited. What a win, and what an important win for volleyball on Friday afternoon. Now, no highlights of this. Of course, you can go back and watch it on ESPN+, Plus. but we were getting set to call the women's basketball game, and turns out they definitely would have overlapped one another because it went the distance with volleyball, and it was worth it because they won, and they separate themselves from East Carolina in five sets on Friday afternoon. And it was as wild as it can be. The Bulls won the first set 25-23. They were down 10-3. Then they were down, well, double digits, 15. That was too much to come back from in the second set where East Carolina won. Flip it to the third set where the Bulls get off to a good start. They're leading 22-16 to and drop the set And this is not looking good. Back and forth, tight fourth set. No one could really separate. Bulls thought they had a little bit of a cushion at 16-14. Next thing you know, they're down 21-19. And that's how close East Carolina was to winning the match. But Buse Hazan and Maria Andrade, who were the two stars, back-to-back kills. The Bulls would take the lead. However, East Carolina, after the Bulls had the first set point at 25-24, had a match point at 26-25, but Bousset gets another kill. 
the Bulls actually would get all of the set points the rest of the way and finally converted 31-29. So off to a fifth set with first place on the line. And it goes back and forth. Bulls up 8-5. East Carolina 10-9. But then the Bulls take four in a row and they win it 15-12. I think Maria Andrade could be the AAC Offensive Player of the Week for a second time in a row. She had 26 kills as we had for you on Friday's show. That was a career high Thursday. Followed it up with 22 and Hazan with 24 kills. Three players in double figures with Diggs, of course, the Libero, the freshman, Maya Thomas with 15, but Andrade, 14 for a double-double. It was a tremendous showing. And on senior day, Kelsey O'Loughlin did get in on the action and got three assists. Caroline Dykes, the transfer from East Tennessee State, has taken over as the lone setter, but I thought that was great for Jolene Shepardson to get all the seniors in, the others being Martis Fitkovic, who went for nine kills, and defensive specialist Alexis Williams, who dug up six shots. Now they haven't put away the division yet. Florida Atlantic was able to take both of its matches with Charlotte, even though they were down three points in the fifth set themselves yesterday. I don't think had FAU lost, it would have made a difference. I still think the Bulls were going to have to take at least one match in Boca Raton this week. But in fact, now, thanks to being two matches ahead of East Carolina with three to play, it's just going to take one more victory to finish over the Pirates. And yeah, one victory against FAU, which is the game behind the Bulls, guarantees that you're no worse than tied with them. If you're interested in making the trip down to Bo- By the way, if you're interested in making the trip, they play Thursday at 6 at FAU, then Friday at 2. They'll wrap up the regular season next Wednesday at home against Rice, which will not be easy. That's why you want to make sure you go ahead and take care of at least one of those matches on the road this week, and then mathematically, I'll have to check with the league on the tiebreakers, I think that mathematically would wrap up the division championship because even if, say, the Bulls only win one of their last three, but it one's against FAU. Worst case, they're in a three-way tie, but they'll have the head-to-head because they swept ECU, and FAU and East Carolina split their matches with each other. But either way, it's just great, and definitely it shows you how important that win on Friday was. They came through, and like I say, they are probably going to have postseason volleyball, and wouldn't it be something to bring that to you? I'm pretty sure that would be a first on the airwaves, and we certainly would say it'd be the first on Bulls Unlimited. Too bad we couldn't bring you any postseason soccer if you missed it, though. Almost every single one of the men's soccer team's losses was to an NCAA tournament team. Mercer, if you'll recall, the Bulls had you know Clemson and Indiana coming to town back-to-back, and Mercer was that game where maybe they were looking ahead, and that was no doubt their worst game of the year. Well, Mercer won its conference championship. And like the Bulls, they were seeded fifth in their conference, and boy, the SOCOM makes it tough. They put basically the six teams in two groups of three, and Mercer had to beat NC Greensboro, and then two days later had to play the number one seed and went to a shootout and won against East Tennessee State. So you had the three against the five. Mercer went to Furman and won yesterday, 2 nothing, two goals in the first half. So the field gets announced today, but the way it's looking, the only loss of the Bulls nine this year that was not to a team that's probably going to make the NCAA tournament, and we know they're not because they didn't finish 500, is a recent NCAA champion, Washington. But if you'll notice, Clemson, who edged the Bulls 3-2, to won the ACC. Indiana, who the Bulls actually beat, won the Big Ten. And yes, all of the conference opponents that they lost to anyway are headed to the NCAA tournament. At least I assume they are. I know Charlotte is because Charlotte stunned SMU. 
to win the AAC in Dallas 2-1 to one on Sunday. Of course, the Mustangs and now probably Charlotte are going to be teams that get a first-round bye, and then you just assume that both Memphis and FIU will make the field. In fact, they both could be first-round hosts, which would be a big feather in the cap of the AAC to have four teams, not just in the field, but in an advantageous position. Unfortunately, the Bulls won't be one of them, but we look forward to men's soccer returning to the tourney next year. We'll return to Bulls Beat on Wednesday. Until then, we'll talk to you guys from the Yingling Center tonight. Remember, Bulls Beat Ahead with Michael Kelly hits the air on Tuesday morning. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.